0: Welcome back to Take a Moment. I'm Nathan Bennett.
1: I'm Mari Yamaguchi. Uh, We've been having a great conversation with Dr. Woody Myers and his wife, Stacey Myers. Uh, We just came off of a really awesome, fun game, didn't we? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you guys are going to hear it. It's going to be, we played a little bit of the newlywed game. If you're not familiar with that, it's where we ask uh, a question of one of the contestants. Um, You know, what is your... Husband's favorite color. Then they both write it down on a dry erase board and they both show us the answer. And we see where those answers uh, either match or don't. Now,
1: Brilliant visual. Right. (laughs) It's great for a podcast. podcast.
0: (laughs) 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 Great for a podcast, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, The questions we ask go a little bit deeper than what's your favorite color, but it was a chance for us to really, really get to know these two amazing people and then find out what is really behind Dr. Meyer's desire and passion to run for the governor of Indiana in 2020.
1: Yes. We also take a deeper dive into what it takes to run a company. Uh, Stacy, as a small mid-sized business owner, um, she gives us some wonderful tips um, on what it takes to run a successful company. And then both of them together, they come together to tell us what it takes to run a really awesome, seamless household. Right. And, <laughs> and, and,
0: and, and what do you do when your partner comes to you and they say, hey, I'd like to run for public office? Uh, what does that do to some? And what goes through your head in those moments where you're realizing what that decision actually means and how it's going to impact your life.
1: Right. And not only impact their lives, but also impact, hopefully, maybe um, in the future for for the rest of of the state, thousands of lives. So um, it was an interesting conversation and we hope you take a moment and listen.
0: Couple of things that I've never wanted to do. I've never wanted to be a doctor, and I've never wanted to run for public office because I don't, I, I can't comprehend what it would take to do either one of those things. And here you are being a doctor is old news to you because you're like, oh yeah, been there, done that. Um, but now you've decided to run for governor of Indiana in 2020, right? Correct. And so I'm wondering you touched on one of the things you just, you got tired of yelling at the TV and writing op-eds. So you decided I better do something. Um, what were the other considerations that, um, you had to deal with wrestle with before really deciding to do this? And then I'd also love Stacy for you to tell us a little bit about what it was like for your husband to come to you and say, Hey, here's what I'd like to do. What do you think about this?
2: Well, I I have been thinking about uh, public office ever since I was state health commissioner, Uh, and I finally decided to try it for the first time in uh, 2008 when I ran for uh, Congress uh, here in Indianapolis in the uh, 7th Congressional District, and um, there were eight candidates in the primary. This is after uh, uh, former uh, Representative uh, Julia Carson died in office, uh, and uh, there were Eight of us in the in the primary, I came in second uh, behind uh, the current Congressman uh, Andre Carson, uh, who I've known for a long time. I knew his uh, grandmother uh, very well. And my, in fact, my son worked for her for a while. Uh, and I thought that after that race, okay, I did it. I'm, I, I'll now get it out of my system. That's all done. That was a pain uh, in the butt, that, I'm not gonna well, yeah, was Thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad I tried to do that and it was fun. And then, uh, and then I thought, well, okay, if I do other things, uh, it'll go away. Uh,
1: but <laughs> that it's just kind of still kept coming back it just wouldn't <laughs> go, away. <I laughs> go away
2: I treated it with every antibiotic <laughs> <laughs> but that bug is still there and so finally uh, when this opportunity came along I started thinking about it maybe a year or so ago and I was on an assignment uh, uh, out in Arizona the work I do for my company Myers Ventures LLC uh, takes me a- across the uh, country in fact it's taken me across the world uh, and so I was literally in the desert <laughs> in wow. the desert Uh uh, and I started thinking, you know, it's, it's awful hot out here. Uh, and it's awful dry. It's not very green. And, uh, and thinking about all the issues that I knew were still working, and uh, were problems here at home. And I started coming back more. I started talking to people and finally decided that uh, that uh, that assignment had to get cut short. And I had to come home uh, and to uh, to throw my hat in the ring. And that's what we did months and months ago. And so here, here we are. I have uh, been struggling uh, with uh, leadership, sh- huge challenges of leadership now for 30 years. Uh, I was a health commissioner here at Indiana, and uh, my first job really, as, uh, my first big job as health commissioner, I, had to, uh, I think we had about a $234 million budget, 2,800 employees, and ran five institutions across the state. Uh, that's a lot of work. Uh, and we had these huge health issues that we we're, were grappling with every single day, organizing a team to figure out how to manage the state's resources properly, how to get some of the federal resources that were available to us, uh, struggling with the day-to-day problems of being a health commissioner, uh, managing a, a team of people, uh, the, hiring the right people, letting the people go that needed to leave. Those are big, big things to learn how to do. And so I, But I learned how to do them, and I did that in Indiana. I did it in New York. So I spent a lot of time in the, in the public sector, and then I decided to uh, to move uh, those skills over to the private sector. I was a health commissioner for uh, uh, Indiana New York for about, I'd say, eight or nine years, and then became a chief medical officer for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Indiana, uh, and which ultimately became Accordia and then Anthem. Uh, I was the chief medical officer for the Ford Motor Company. Uh, based up in, uh, in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, I had to learn how to sell cars as well as take <laughs> care of uh, Literally, they made all the executives learn how to sell a car. Oh, and wow. I said, I'm the chief doctor of a company of 380,000 employees. Why do I have to learn how to sell a car? I said, Dr. Myers, you're an executive at Ford Motor Company. You will learn how to sell a car. And I said, I, okay, okay, still okay. Do they still do, they do, still they do that? I don't, I don't know if they that. still do it or not, but they gave me this gigantic notebook, and they gave me the Ford Focus to learn how to sell. And
0: so they I had gave, the, not even a Mustang. I they gave know, you the the a they they
2: decided which one that they wanted you to do. I don't oh, remember how I got wow. the focus, but the focus was new. And so your final exam was that you had to spend a weekend at an event and people sort of walk by and you had to sell them. You had to, you know, teach them how to, you know, what the features are, the focus. And so they Ford had sponsored this like 10K run. So you had all these healthy young people out there doing their 10K, 5K run. And then, they, but in order to get to the run, they had to pass these brand new Ford Focus uh, automobiles. And, and just I'm standing there, it's happened to be there. And I'm standing there with my Ford smile on, and I'm talking to the people about how to, you know, the various compartments that we had in the truck and how to, <laughs> the, the mileage and how much it cost. To, and I'm trying to get folks. And then we didn't actually have a, couldn't make the sale there. We had to refer them to a dealership, but then I referred them to a dealership. And I said, gee, whiz, I actually can do this. I I I,
0: I am glad that <laughs> did you they think about at that point it. a career change? I almost, I almost said,
2: I said, Wow, I, think I missed cars. my calling. <laughs> selling cars is is okay. I learned how to do it. So I, I did that uh, for five years and then I got asked to be the chief medical officer at Blue Cross of California which was uh, taking some of the same steps as Blue Cross Blue Show of Indiana. All the Blue Cross plans were beginning to merge uh, together. So I did M&A for uh, that big company. Uh, I, I, I've i had really a lot of terrific leadership experiences uh, in the United States and around the world. When when I was with Ford, uh, we had 380,000 employees in 38 countries. Uh, and I got to go to 20 of those countries uh, while I was there. So I got to see healthcare delivered in 20 countries around the world. And I just learned so much about how these countries wanted to emulate the United States—things they were doing well, things they weren't doing well—and some of the things I saw there were reflections on how we were we were succeeding and in some cases failing here. Uh, making those leadership opportunities, uh, taking those leadership opportunities, making them successful over 30 years, led me to the conclusion that uh, I needed to get back into public service, and that's why I'm taking these steps uh, today to use that experience that I've gained. Uh, and all these various roles uh, around the world and bringing it home to Indiana. Uh, there are people uh, that are working very hard in, in, in Singapore, in, in China, in Indonesia, uh, in order to take the jobs, to take the technologies, to take what we do in the United States and make it their own because they want the same successes for their families as we want here. Uh, people around the world are amazingly similar. Uh, They want good things for their kids. They want a successful life. They want to have friends. Uh, And I learned over the years that uh, if you're not out there competing every day and understanding how these competitive forces work and uh, uh, optimizing uh, for the geography that you care about, uh, you're going to fall behind. And I think that's what's happening here in Indiana. We are falling behind.
1: You've had that experience international and then nationally. What are some similarities, and what are some learning opportunities that you saw?
2: One of the jobs I didn't talk about was I was CEO of a company that was the largest provider of correctional healthcare services for prisons and jails uh, in the nation, um, and uh, we had contracts for all many of the big cities and many of the big states. And that was not only a job that involved understanding how business works, how healthcare works, but understanding the forces that cause people to become incarcerated and understanding the forces that keep them incarcerated, the recidivism rate, understanding the programs that are required to get folks out of, of jail, keep them out of jail, keep them out of prison. And that was an eye opening experience like no other. Uh, I remember my first trip to Pendleton here in Indiana. We had the contract at the time to, to work on Pendleton and and, and and talking to some of the inmates. I remember a very sad trip I took to Fulton County uh, Jail in, in Atlanta um, to New York City, Rikers Island, to, uh, to jails all over the country, prisons all over the country, and seeing that same pattern over and over again. Kids that frequently were from, from homes where they didn't get the kind of parenting they needed, kids that didn't get the kind of educational experience that they needed, kids that saw things in society that they wanted for themselves, but didn't have a good way to get to those things, so they took law into their own hands, uh, they were themselves abused often, and they tried to uh, responded to that not uh, getting the services they needed through mental, the mental health system, but by, by hurting others. I mean, just the things that I learned in that, and now as I understand that so much better, bringing those kinds of uh, that kind of understanding to the the job of governor, uh, we've got to put the correct back in corrections. Uh, we've got to make sure that we do everything possible to reduce recidivism. Uh, otherwise, uh, we, we're just going to end up with folks back in the same situation in the state paying, the, the, paying that tab. Well, people need to understand that about 95% of folks who go to prison get out, uh, 90, plus 95% depending on the, the location you're in, and, and they come back into society. If they're not ready, if you haven't done what's required to make them successful when they re-enter, then the likelihood of them going back into the, the, the prison system is very high. So, that's the, the kind of understanding that, I, that I've got, uh, that i got, that I've seen uh, uh, over the years that I, that I know I can bring to the role of governor because the governor controls the correction system in the state. Uh, I, I know that uh, we can do a better job for our veterans. Uh, we've had scandals here in the state with respect to the Veterans Administration, the Indiana Veterans. And I just know that you, you, we don't need to waste the state's money doing the kinds of things that they've, they've been accused of doing. We, we've got to make sure that the veterans, especially those that are homeless, those that need services, are getting them. I mean, that's our responsibility. These are guys and gals that have done great work for us. They put their lives on the line. Now we need to make sure that we're doing our part for them. So I just know that there's improvement to be made there. And then the big issues, uh, educational issues especially, uh, Indiana's teacher salaries are, are have had the lowest increases in all 50 states from the year 2002 To 2017, we are at the bottom of 50 states. Uh, When we changed the way that we funded schools and we changed the teacher salary formula back in 2005, that took us from one of the high pay states to the lowest in terms of increases. That's kind of like we overcorrected almost, right? We didn't, we, we, way, way oh, and the pendulum is still over there. Mm -hmm. In Indiana, we've had this philosophy for decades oh, it's good enough. Mm -hmm. Well, in Indiana, good enough is no longer good enough we've got to change our trajectory. We've got to do things differently. You know, my, my dad had this saying, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Uh, if you don't change what you're doing, uh, you're, you're not going to make the progress that you need. Uh, so I've had a a, a, a lifetime of of breaking eggs to make omelets, literally. Uh, and you, you've, <laughs> you, you've got to do that in your career in order to, to and you got to take risks, good risks, calculated risk. And I've, I've chosen to do that, and I've chosen now to take this risk. It's a huge risk running for governor. Uh, mm. <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> risk. And it, An expensive one, a, too. Very expensive yeah. when well, No one has a gun to your head. I mean, you, you do it because you think you can make a huge difference. You think you can bring those leadership skills to the table and do things in a different, better way.
1: And you're passionate about the people.
0: Absolutely. What
1: mm. were the reasons why you supported Dr. Myers yeah, when I'm, he said, Hey, Stacy, I'm going to run for governor. I feel
0: like it's like when you're <laughs> – husband comes to you and says hey I'd like to I have this great idea I got this great idea I'm suddenly very passionate about being a juggler in Cirque du Soleil (laughs) I I want you to support me it's going to take a lot of effort a lot of time a lot of concentration a lot of money Um, and you're like yes let's do it I'm sure that's not how it went but I'm I'm interested in kind of how he approached you and said hey this is something I feel like I, I need to do and then Kind of what was your response and how have you aligned yourself with um, that passion of, of his? And was it difficult?
3: I did not know him when he was uh, running for Congress. So when we first started dating, um, I already knew of his past history. And uh, he said to me that he had future political aspirations. So it, this was no surprise. It's not out of the blue. No. Okay. And um, And so through our course of dating and then subsequently marrying— um, you know, he had presented some ideas to me and uh, I was behind him from the very beginning. Uh, so when he presented this idea, uh, it initially was kind of just thrown out there, just uh I don't even remember how it initially came are about. Are you guys, like, but...
0: shopping for eggs and milk, and well, then you just casually <laughs> slip
3: it in there? Let's
0: so, you know, put it on you the list. Was,
3: it was Do just you want
0: to get 1% of... or 2% milk? So I'm probably going to run for governor anyway.
3: Yeah, it, it really was just kind of like on the third or fourth time he said it, I said, are you really – Considering this, or are you just kind of having another one of your conversations with yourself? And he said, I think I'm actually thinking about this. I said, Oh, okay.
0: And discussing it with myself. I think we're <laughs> um, myself and I are very interested. Uh-huh. And I
3: and I said, Well, I just just need to know if this is something we're really entertaining so that I can really start thinking about this. And um, so after, you know, half a dozen times, I thought, okay, I need to start putting this on my radar and just start thinking how is this going to look for our family? When is this going to actually start taking shape? And uh and I think um it was probably around November or December that of last year. Yes, that we really started having a a, a real conversation about it. And uh, and I was all in, 100%. I know that he can affect change. I know that um he is extremely intelligent and he has all of the characteristics that are needed to move the state forward.
0: Is there something that excites you about the possibility of being the governor's wife or the having first lady Yeah, the Indiana. first lady of Indiana? Like, that's <laughs> awesome. Is there or is there something that's terrifying about it?
3: I, you know, I did not even think about that aspect of it Um until a friend pointed that out this spring. <laughs> and she said, you would be the first lady. And I thought, I, I was terrified because I I don't want to be front and center. I, you know, I just wanted to be behind Woody and root him on. Mm. That's taking, that that has taken some getting used Are to. Are you still but processing it I'm, now? Yeah, I'm still processing that. But um, I'm just thrilled uh, to be behind Woody and, and to support him in this mm. effort.
1: And in both of your careers... How have you seen technology um, playing a part um, in advancing healthcare, and then also how do you see technology playing a part in in candidacy and in running for office? And also oh. in
0: your business, technology yeah, plays your... a very large role as well. Because are you primarily are you all online? Yes. Okay. Right. So great. So, so that's it's, a
1: difference, right? Like yeah. back in the day, when you're like, oh, I'm going to start a business. It was I got to get a brick and mortar, and mm-hmm. you know, get all this stuff. Now it's become so much easier to start. I don't mean to say it's easy, <laughs> but maybe no, well, easier, easier dealing right? With the stamp of yeah. real estate or whatever.
3: Yeah. Right. You know, it's. I think it's. um It's a double-edged sword in uh, terms of healthcare. Um, you know, in the hospital setting and in the doctor's office setting. Um, you're expected to do more with less. Uh, I, I know in talking to my doctor friends, they are having they, – they have a much heavier load. And in talking to my friends that are still um, working in the hospital, I mean, nurses and respiratory care practitioners are expected to – you know, you're expected to take care of more patients. Uh, you, you have computerized charting now, so you're not, you know, writing in the charts and, you know, doctors are, you know, they're spending five minutes with the patient and seeing, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 patients a day. And, and patients often feel short-changed and uh, don't get to have that one-on-one face time.
2: 15 or 20 is a light day for yeah, a, lot yeah, of, I'm sure. a lot of As, uh, physicians today, yeah.
3: What, what, what are you seeing and uh, well, um, talking I, I know to I know your colleagues
2: friends? have seen, uh, depending on the setting that you're in, 30, 30 or more, uh, Gosh, especially wow. the guys oh, that wow. are in the gals that are in the emergency room. Uh, mm-hmm. Or in the outpatient urgent care. Uh, so, but, but, but family practice, um, primary care? Family practice, I would say 20 to 30 is a good day. Wow. Uh, and uh, if you've got the uh, scheduling uh, down pat, and, and uh, the one thing that technology has done is it's made for many, not all practices, scheduling easier. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you, in many cases, can now schedule online, and then they do these reminder texts. Of, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got my doctor's appointment today, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. people don't forget about them as much as they used to. Yeah, I've
0: got my chart on my phone, so yeah. mm-hmm. through it's the best thing.
1: I
3: get reminders. I get to, reminders. I can
0: talk to my doctors. Uh, it's and, fantastically and convenient. the
3: sharing of medical information is huge, right. and mm-hmm. that's definitely going to help. Um, Combat a lot of the issues that we're seeing with um, the the drug seeking and the um,
2: well, technology is helping healthcare in many many ways. It's yeah. not perfect, and it's been fits and starts. And uh, the emergent the uh, the uh, electronic medical records don't all talk to each other. There's the interoperability issue that hasn't been completely solved, uh, although there's progress that's been made in in that. So it's getting better over time, but it's been very slow and. And uh, I think that net-net, it's made uh, healthcare more efficient. Uh, uh, but the complexities of the, uh, that we, we spend a ton of time and money on the complexities of care that, uh, it, that are related to billing and, uh, and eligibility and those kinds of things that, that although for a private sector, uh, employer and, and payer are essential to get it done right, uh, just add enormous costs to the system if the, if the system were simplified. Uh, in the old days, the old days, like, like ten years ago, they, the the cry, especially among my Democratic colleagues, was to uh, create a single payer system. Uh, I said, you know, that, that's the risk because if it's a, a single bad payer as opposed to a single <laughs> right. good payer, uh, yeah. then you got problems. I I would rather have a few really good payers, a f- fewer really good payers that are competing, to to make their services better than one payer. I think that. Uh, that uh, there there are a lot of democrats that today are talking about we've got to have medicare for all and and i understand the sentiment a great i, I do but uh, i'm more i well, us get health care for all uh and then that means medicare for more medicaid for more private insurance for more let's get rid of the the gaps that are between them let's get rid of the folks that don't have anything at all let's make the systems that those big three work better uh, and then use the technology, you brought up tech- use the technology far more efficiently than ever before, and then get rid of this unnecessary non-value-added administrative cost. That's what we got to do. Uh, why, why shouldn't you get your x-ray results uh, and your lab results uh, with some explanation online? Well, they're yours. Why don't you, yeah, I'd like for you to see them. And, and if you've got questions, then there, there's a way to get those questions answered. But but, you know if, if it's good news and everything is normal and I don't need to see you for six months we don't have to have a, a you know there's there's a not a appointment or conversation that right. needs to be <laughs> right. scheduled for to do that I think that you're a pretty smart guy or you're a pretty smart woman you 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 know okay that means that's good news uh, right. and the other you know if you need your mammogram or your pap smear or you, or you need to get your prostate checked uh, or you need to get all your, your colon examined and depending on how old you are, there's no reason we can't just make that appointment online and get everything scheduled and done efficiently. I mean, come on, let's let's use the technology for what it's good for, and then those are the functions that it's really great for. And I, I think if we can make that universal, then we can take some of the next steps. Uh, telehealth is one of the things that's happening today, and, and and bigger and bigger uh, numbers, uh, folks conversing with the right healthcare professional, and uh, and sort of Skype-like or FaceTime-like. Oh, yeah. uh, that there are even some great, great machines that are being made where if you're in a remote location, there's these kiosks where you can put blood pressure cuffs on and you can auscultate the heart and you can look into the retina with with, with the technology that's attached to the kiosk so that I can be in Indianapolis and there is a patient in Kenya, literally, uh, at one of the outposts. And, and I know that Indiana University is one of the pioneers in this. And you can look. And consult with the, the the healthcare provider that's on the scene, uh, and and decide what to do best for that patient. That's where technology is terrific. Yeah, there are uh, surgeons in the Navy, and, and radiology radiology experts in the Navy in San Diego, that are doing surgery on submarines around the world. They won't tell you where, of course, but <laughs> but they're because that technology is now so good. Uh, so that's where technology is just made. Uh, enormously positive changes in healthcare.
1: Well, you see with uh, Michael Phelps, he has that uh, app, right, that he keeps talking about where you can talk with with a therapist or a healthcare provider about your anxiety and I mean, like you said, that's access, Psychiatry, right? Absolutely. We access don't have enough to those psychiatrists. Folks,
2: right. We need many more psychiatrists, but in, in, the, in the interim, let's use that technology to help people get the mental health services right. that they need.
1: Well, it's even like those folks that you were talking about. Maybe they don't have that access to transportation, but maybe they have a smartphone. And that's right. It eliminates that extra layer for them when they, they're able to utilize that technology. You know, so. Making
0: them more acceptable, accessible, yeah. I should say, <laughs> and then more apt to, to use the service right. and get help. Um, I would love to take a quick break, and when we come back… I want to get to know the Myers as a couple, a superpower (laughs) couple, and we're also going to see, we're going to play a game with them, and we're going to see how well it goes. We're going to see how well they know each other. Uh So stay Uh tuned. We'll be Uh right back, Uh and we'll see what sort of uh, derision we can sow in this
2: (laughs) Hello there. Josh Reed here, producer of Take a Moment. In our conversation with Dr. Woody Myers and his wife, Stacy, you'll hear how they're using their experiences in healthcare to drive success in their respective fields. They give you a look inside the hard work that it takes to start your own business and what drives them in their journey to political office. To learn more about how you can use Genesis to future-proof your smaller mid-sized business and drive marketing and CX convergence in healthcare, check out the resources below. And thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe and stay tuned for the next episode of Take a Moment.
1: and Dr. Myers, and they have dry erase boards in front of them, and so if any of you all remember the old school newlywed show, we're going to ask them some lightning round questions. They're going to write down their answers, and hopefully they match up.
0: All right. So no peeking the (laughs) two of you, and I know this is great. Like, This is good podcasting right here. We're playing a very visual game. But (laughs) to, to those of you who are listening, we'll read their answers. So what we'll do is we'll ask you both a question like, say, you know, Doctor Myers, this is the question. So you don't have to start this, Doctor Myers. What is Stacy's favorite color? Um, you would both silently and secretly write what you think those things are, and you'll show them to us at the same time. So, like you know, Stacy said it's royal rose blue, gold. and you said yeah, it's it's rose gold, and we'll 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 see. Would well, we'll your fun?
2: listeners prefer that we delve into economic theory? <laughs> or... I'm sure <laughs> of that I'm, oh, oh
0: those are some <laughs> of the harder hitting questions we'll ask you both. Uh, Stacy, what is uh, what is your husband's favorite economist and why? Go ahead and just write that down really quickly. <laughs> and what books has your husband read?
3: Let's keep this light. Yeah, let's, light. Keep light. Let's, <laughs> keep light. let's keep it light. Let's keep it
0: light. Um, Dr. Myers, when you first met Stacy, what was she wearing? Oh, I know this. Oh, well, wait, don't <laughs> tell us. You got to write it down. You got to write it down. See if you write, and you write it down.
2: Oh, the, oh, no, the first time. Oh, oh no. no! Oh, you said the first time. The first time the you met. First time oh, you no, met. I was thinking of the second time. Oh, oh wow. wow. Well, uh, well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, no, now I'm going to fail uh, the first time. The first I time, hope so, because it's oh. so fun. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, wait a minute. I think I know. I think I know.
0: Okay, so the question was, what was stacy wearing the first the first time you met her and you said cream color what did you say cream color cream color jacket. jacket and she said the first time was a red suit oh, not gross. a cream color jacket and the second time was a red ruffled blouse with black blazer oh, okay. well, I was He's close. got that the second time i got that the second time so when did you actually meet each other uh, the first
2: time we met the very first time on the day of the uh, primary when i ran for congress uh, we had been, there. our campaign had been faked out. Uh, we were told that Barack Obama was coming to a church uh, in Indianapolis, and uh, I was in the basement of the church hoping to, to meet him, uh, and we were told that uh, that things had been delayed. And so in other words, we, we were faked out. He wasn't really right, gonna okay. come to the church, and she was uh, at that event.
0: You met in the basement of a church? The basement of a church. That's it's not nice. always how that story goes, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Church basement's is, generally a, a yeah. creepy place, but in this case, not. Yes. Well, you should have asked where we met the second time.
2: Where'd you meet the or second time? A, at a
0: bar. <laughs>
1: there
3: you go. Know. Well, now. It was that time no. on purpose. Well, the it second went, time. Well, it no, was, it, it wasn't on purpose. And it well, was. Yeah, that's right. We, it, was, it, it, a it, it was a restaurant slash bar. Right. And it was. Uh, it, there was a fundraiser. That's that, true. That, okay. That's true. So, there and were alcoholic we, beverages. And we people. were there. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't meet there. I had attended the fundraiser That's and correct. he came to catch the tail end of the fundraiser. And I was there with a business mentor who had also attended the fundraiser. And then Woody came in and my That's... mentor said, Oh, let me introduce you to my friend. And so yep, I said, yep. Oh, I've met him before. So
0: That's what happened. Yes. And, and Woody was <laughs> but, like, but, Oh yeah, you were the story, one in the cream suit. Wo- and you were like, Nope, that wasn't me.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't even remember me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, all right, you got a, you got a question? Yes.
1: Favorite place to vacation. That was quick. (laughs) All right. Look
3: at you
1: both. So they both said Turks and Caicos. They are in sync. Nice. Nice. All right. What is your favorite thing to do? At Turks we'll, and Caicos,
2: we'll if I may, we, we would like this erased from the tape because I don't want anybody else figuring out how wonderful
0: <laughs> Turks and Caicos
2: is. You don't want to spoil <laughs> it's
3: not secret. don't to spoil it.
0: No one go there. It's a horrible right, place. No one. This it's terrible. is terrible. Awesome. they'd like to go there because it's awful. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good. Okay, I've got I've got a scintillating one. Yes. You ready for this? Yeah. Sit down. Okay, good. <laughs> Stacy, mm-hmm. what would you say? Is your husband's most annoying habit? And Woody, what do you think she's going to say? I like how she started <laughs> writing immediately.
1: Huh. She's like, just one? Uh, she's what
0: like, do you I, mean? I only have one. <laughs> this isn't top five. Which category? Yeah, which
2: category? <laughs> okay. There are a variety of annoying habits. I only say one? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, okay, wait a minute.
0: Uh, Stacy needs yet another dry erase board. She's run I'm out of room on hers. She needs another one. <laughs> I'm bad. Okay, so uh, Woody, what did you say that you think is your, she's going to say, not listening. Okay, all right, okay. all right. Ooh, we, you know what? Weren't you listening when we talked about listening before? <laughs> Stacy, what did you say? <laughs> Where's his hey, shoes on, on the carpet. Car. <laughs> what? So you have a no shoes on the carpet rule in your house? Is that? I think th- I think I was right. Not... <laughs> I,
2: I think this counts as a, as a, as a win. That's <laughs> correct.
3: You know? Well, we have light carpet in uh-huh. the bedroom, and so it shows, you know, the the Indy traffic track. pattern. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, that's. So
0: when people come over to visit your home, and you're having just regular company over. Are you? The people that say, "Hey, we are we're, we're a shoeless house."
3: I I, I used to yeah. when, when we you know when we first had the carpet right, installed, right. but not not anymore. But in the bedroom, yes, I'm like fanatic okay, no about... shoes,
0: no muddy boots in there. Yeah, I, actually, I prefer... we've come up with a I've come up with
2: a really good solution for this issue. Oh yeah, uh, my uh, my uh, oldest uh, stepson is in college. Uh, Stacy's youngest is in college now, so he's always looking for a few extra bucks. Uh, so I bought a a, a carpet cleaning machine. Uh, and he's in college. He can figure out how to use it. And he, he's actually, he did a great job. Uh, and the carpets are, haven't been—I mean I, you, you know, <laughs> the carpets haven't been cleaner. So it's like killing two birds with one stone. And that and is, is a like, typical like guy response
0: <laughs> to like instead of us stopping doing the thing that's annoying you, we'll just hire somebody to clean that thing up.
1: Yeah. Like, so but it's
0: like it's a
1: twofer. It's a twofer. And trying to justify you're around, around
0: it—that's right? exactly you're creating jobs.
2: That's ex- And as governor of the state of Indiana,
0: that's exactly what I'll spend. <laughs> you everybody get a Everybody gets a carpet cleaner, and everybody.
3: And he, <laughs> and he gets to wear his shoes. And he gets to wear shoes,
0: and the world is a peaceful
1: place. <laughs> All right, that was my scintilline. That was your scintilline. Do you have one? Um, anniversary date. Oh, well, you better know that. I inscribed it on my husband's ring, so oh, he never so forgets weighs it. <laughs>
0: well, it on the outside of the ring or the inside? In the, the inside. Oh, but then he's got to be like, oh. Right. Okay, you guys can reveal this at the same time, because you better have it right. Nice. nice. Oh, nice. Oh, okay, so wow. They went to... They said, is that your first date, four or five?
2: Uh, I think that was what we're counting as
1: our first date.
0: Okay, so you, they're saying okay. uh, April 5th, 2010 is their first date. And then, of course, they both got married on August, August. 11th, 2012. Um, one last question. Dr. Myers, what do you think is Stacy's best quality? Oh. And Stacy, what do you think <laughs> he's gonna say? In which category, I know. I know.
1: You should just tell him to start listing it all. Yeah, just start listing it all. List you, it yeah, off, yeah. He needs another another dry erase board.
0: Again, this is brilliant podcasting. As we just <laughs> as we listen to people write down things yes. silently on a dry erase board. All right, Dr. Myers, what did you say? Oh. Compassionate for others. And he wrote a big heart. Compassionate. Oh, oh yay. I
3: don't like that.
0: How did well, you do that? I don't know. She's also I know, telepathic. telepathic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man that's a great person to have at your side as you run for public office. An uh, a compassionate telepath. Uh, like Counselor Troy on Star exactly. Trek. You know? <laughs> exactly. so she's part of Beta Zed, you know. <laughs> or, no, the planet is Beta Zed, so she's Beta Zoid, right, Bet- for Betazoid. the Star Trekkers. Uh... <laughs> oh, man, you just made all those Trekkies <laughs> vote for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I,
2: I've got the Trekker vote not yeah, yeah, down,
0: yeah. you know. All of us in the Our, our producer Josh yeah. just leaned forward, okay, can we talk more about that for That's right. <laughs> Well, you know Picard's coming back, right? Yeah, he's nice. coming so, back. Right. Sir Pat, sir Pat. Well, you guys, thank you well, so, so much. One last question.
1: Oh, we do like to ask this of all of our of all of our guests, what is one book that you would recommend or one of your favorite books that you would recommend?
0: Any book that's had like an impact Impact. on your life, your career, uh, your marriage, your parenthood, or just a really good novel.
3: Yeah. Becoming.
0: Becoming. Who's that by?
3: Michelle Obama. Obama.
0: Oh, her. Her, her.
2: You know, that's a really hard one for me. I, I, I read a lot. I read mostly online stuff. I've stopped reading, unfortunately, for pleasure. Uh, I read for, for, for impact. And uh, I felt like over the last decade that there's just so many, there, there's just so much information available that I needed in bite sized packets. Uh, as opposed to long books and so I've almost stopped reading long books and I read excerpts I read bite-sized packets but I'm reading all the time mm-hmm. and that gets me and to if I could ask a question uh, of, of my hosts uh, you you are in a company that uh, that has understood now for a while the importance of information management access easy availability and so on and that's changing the world uh, and I think that the fact that you're doing you're, you're, you're running this company with a primary location here in Indiana is very important because Indiana is a state that truly needs to take the leap into the next generation. So uh, I'm first of all applaud what you guys are doing, but I, I think the, the more companies like yours are involved in the, the public discourse uh, in the public square, uh, pushing us harder, much harder. To move away from the the, the paradigms of the past, the uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic, uh, and make coding normal, uh, and to make Wi-Fi in schools normal, uh, to make information access and availability for kids normal and every day, and something that just is just part of life. The more entities like yours that understand that dynamic and can help move that forward, the better off we're going to be as a state.
0: So thank you for what you're doing now.
2: Do more. Please. (laughs) Uh,
1: We'll keep doing it.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys so much. It's been so fun having you here. Um, We're all sweaty in the studio now, so we can call it quits for today. But thank you again for joining us. We had a great time. Thank
3: you for having us. It was a pleasure.